Welcome to the Calgary Real Estate Investing Podcast, all about real estate investing in the Calgary market. Today's show is sponsored by Mikasa Home Inspections, Calgary's top-rated home inspection company. Mikasa understands that the highest quality of service is essential, so make sure to call Mikasa before your next real estate deal. And now your host, Corey Peckford. Hey guys, Corey Peckford here. I had a great interview with Mickey Wilcock. He's an investment-focused realtor in Medicine Hat. In this show, we start off with a high-level view of Medicine Hat, and then we dive deeper into all things real estate investing. If you've been thinking about investing in Medicine Hat, I'm sure you'll get a lot of value from this show. Hey, Mickey, I want to welcome you to the Calgary Real Estate Investing Podcast. Uh, can you start off by just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're located, and how you got into real estate? Yeah, thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me. So yeah, my name is Mickey Wilcock, and I'm in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Um, how I got into real estate, um, I've been here doing this for about seven years now. Um, and I actually, my partner is my father-in-law, Wayne Schlenker. And together with our full-time assistant, Mindy, we make up the Schlenker Group here in Medicine Hat, and we're with Royal LePage. Um, so yeah, about well, about eight years ago now, uh, we were on a family vacation, and my father, who uh, father-in-law rather, who has been doing this for coming up on thirty years now, uh, we were just chatting one evening, and he's was very successful, very busy, and was looking to to grow a little bit. And one thing led to another. Well, lots and lots of conversations and talks, and uh, eventually decided to come up and and join him and join him in his practice. I'm actually from the states originally, and my wife and our family were were living down there at the time. Oh, interesting. You probably, you didn't, like most people, you didn't kind of have a vision. Hey, I'm going to be a realtor one day. Same, no. with, myself. Same with myself. I, that wasn't yeah, like, not at all. 15 years ago. I wasn't, that wasn't my vision, but it's, you know, kind of doors open and things happen and you end up pursuing the career, right? That's awesome. Absolutely. And then obviously for you, it would expedite your learning curve having your father-in-law after all those. Oh, years for sure. Years, right. For sure. Like I tell people like, if it wasn't for that, I, I wouldn't be a realtor. I wasn't going to jump into it. It was an extreme big life change and career change for us and our family and a big move. Um, and we weren't just going to be moving anywhere randomly and start from scratch as a realtor. But it was a, an amazing opportunity. And I have a great relationship with my father-in-law. And um, it gave us the opportunity to, to move closer to family. So it was a win-win. Awesome. What were you doing before real estate? So my all my schooling and all my background is in sports medicine. So um, I was a certified athletic trainer in the yep. States and I worked at uh, the university level. So I worked with NCAA really? college sports teams. Yeah. And interesting. So, well, that's quite a career yeah. change. That's a huge career change. It is. It is. It's quite different, but it's funny because I get asked lots, you know, when I share that with clients or friends and stuff and they're like, Oh, that's completely different. And obviously it is, you know, and in real estate, you have to know the markets and numbers and houses and things like that. And in my previous profession, I had to know the medical side of things and sports. But when it comes down to it, they're really both both just about the people. And it's, and, yeah, it's, and that's about, what, it's that's, about relationships and knowing, knowing it, what you're That's doing. exactly right. You know, in real estate, it's about uh, helping people. And lots of times it's young first-time buyers and people like that making very difficult and life-changing decisions. And so it's about getting to know them and their wants and their needs and their emotions and trying to, to balance that out for them. And, you know, in my previous profession, I was working with, you know, a bunch of young kids, you know, and it was either, it was everything from the the stress of, you know, being out with an injury and missing out on what they love to just being a, a 17, 18, 19 year old learning to be an adult or, or, or dealing with those kind of things. And, uh, you know, you always hear about the, uh, 
the barbershop, you know, where people sit in the barbershop chair and, and share their life stories. Well, for us, as in my previous profession, it was the taping bench. You'd, you'd have the athletes come in before practice or rehab to, to get taped up or whatever, and, and they would spill their guts. And so it was about <laughs> the people. And, and I love yeah. that. And, and uh, it's, it's really not that different when it comes down to it. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, let's dive into all things Medicine Hat. Could you speak to for sure. what's happened? Like, obviously, 2022 is a pretty crazy market. Uh, how much has the uh, Medicine Hat market been affected by the pullback with interest rates? For sure. It's absolutely come into effect. Um, but what I tell people, whether it's this time around with these interest rates or other times the market has has varied and the economy has, has affected things, is what I love about Medicine Hat is, you know, we're much slower to react and we don't react as much in the other direction, you know? So when, when things are going great, yeah, we, we start to gradually climb, but we don't spike like, like the bigger markets do like your Toronto's and Vancouver's and Calgary's and Edmonton's. Um, but on the other side of that, when things start to go down, we, we take a little longer, you know, we're, we're more of a rolling Hills area than, than the peaks and valleys. So I don't know, but it's been long enough now that we're definitely seeing it. Um, overall though, our, our prices have not, not really gone down, but that's mainly because our inventory is staying at some historic levels, historically low levels, I should say. And so that's, that's keeping prices afloat, but the uh, volumes have definitely gone down. Yeah. Similar to Calgary, uh, our yeah. inventory is extremely low right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it has been all year. For sure. So with Medicine Hat, if you could give our listeners maybe a 10,000 foot view. So someone who's never been there, maybe they just uh, uh-huh. Google it. Uh, can, yeah, if you could just kind of explain different kind of nuances about Medicine Hat. Yeah, I love Medicine Hat. Obviously, I'm, I'm raising my family here. I have four, four young boys and uh, it's it's a wonderful place to live. And, uh, you know, it's a, a community that's big enough that we have everything you need. Um, and if you need that last next step, Calgary's, you know, two and a half, three hours away, depending on where you're headed. We're, we're close to the, the southern border, obviously, for a lot of people who, who like to make this home base because they're back and forth down there, whether for family or snowbirding or whatever. How you far know, from great. the border? Sorry, how far from the border? I mean, it depends on what border you're going to. You can be to the uh, Haver border into Montana in, oh, geez, an hour. Um, nice. But then the, the Coots border, you're just at two, you know, if you're heading down to the, the main route there. Yep. And what kind of stuff drives the economy there? What's kind of making Medicine Hat uh, grow and keep people? For sure. Going? Yeah. I mean, we're we're pretty similar to the most of Alberta. Obviously, we still obviously gone down in the last 10, 20 years, but still have a very, very large percentage of oil and gas, petrochemical that, that keeps things going. But then we're a big agricultural as well, you know, for the surrounding areas, all of Cypress County and 40 Meyer County. There's Big, big agricultural, and, and we're an epicenter for that, for people living and shopping and, and things like that. I'd say we also have a, a large retirement community, and I think that's a big factor, which uh, keeps us a little more level through the ups and downs of the economy because they're not as affected by that. You know, they're still still living and coming, and, and uh, that keeps us going. Yeah, for sure. And, and Medicine Hat, I've been there. Um, yeah. It's quite pretty when you drive in. You got the river. It's Absolutely. Like the largest, what is it? The largest teepee in the world. Teepee. <laughs> we got the largest teepee in the world. It was, it, was a, it was a gift from Calgary. You know, it was built for the Olympics. And then after however many years, it got, got moved to us. But yeah, my boys love it. My four-year-old points it out every time we pass it, which is almost daily. And <laughs> it is. It's a beautiful place to live. And the weather's terrific. You know, yeah, we get our cold too. But we, we get our, our regular Chinooks. I mean, I think it's like plus three out right now. And 
barely any snow left on the ground and yeah, it's, yeah. it's very nice. mild yeah have you ever gone fishing in the river there uh i haven't personally uh, my boys i my one of my brother-in-laws who lives in calgary is a, a diehard and so anytime he's in town uh he he likes to go and take him out and yeah a couple of years ago some, yeah. we we there's sturgeon in that in the river right absolutely so, that's yeah. it's funny because my brother-in-law who's a diehard he was born and raised here and fished everywhere and ice fished but had never done that and so he he just this last summer it was his goal and he, he actually built himself a little river jet boat and and they went out and they were they were catching them it was it was pretty that's cool awesome yeah that, we yeah. we we used a guide when we went and uh we caught some nice sturgeon yeah it was fun great trip cool. yeah okay so uh let's talk about real estate so can you what's the benchmark price for say a, a detached home there with a you know just kind of like that garage maybe 1500 square feet in that range just yeah yeah so um you know year in 2022 the average detached home price in medicine hat was 383 now the total residential average is 317 um that's obviously the 383 is going to be buoyed up by some higher end homes so i'd say you know benchmark you're you're more in the lower threes now when I first got here, I would have been telling you high twos, um, but we've definitely come up over the last few years through the boom of 2020 and everything. So yeah, that low threes for what you described there, the 1500 be in that range with a, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great value for sure. Compared to absolutely compared, when you look at like Calgary's numbers, right? Like that's absolutely basically half. Yeah. And then, and then, so days on market and stuff now with that inventory, are you seeing it kind of climb up or, or like with people, there's seems like there's less buyers as well, right? People are kind of sitting on the fence, just, just. Watching. Well, they are, yeah, there are less buyers because, because of interest rates. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds simple, but it, it is like, there's no reason to, to get too much more into it when, when interest rates continue to climb and, you know, obviously no one has a crystal ball, but uh, it looks like maybe we're not done climbing it really changes your, your buying power. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of those, a lot of the numbers, a lot of the buyers are first time buyers and they're going to be affected by that more than the, the people looking for that second and third home who are maybe more established and have more savings and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, again, um, the, the low inventories are, are, are helping there. So they're, they're keeping it. So when a good home does come on and it's priced correctly, they're still moving. So, uh, we're not seeing everything just sit and get uh, stale, but uh, the homes that are a little tougher, whether just because they're in need of repair or maybe they're they're just still trying to get early 2022 prices, um, those we're just we're starting to see some more get up there on days on market for sure. Yeah, for sure. So it's almost like uh, it takes time for people to adjust their expectations, especially coming out of such a hot market. Absolutely. Um, and there's some people like I've I've done some reading on it and talked to multiple people, but a lot of people are thinking this is probably it could be the new norm. These higher interest rates for quite some time. Like it's, you know, even though cheap money is probably gone for a while, basically, and and maybe their interest rates pull back a percent or something or yeah percent and a half. But you know, I I, I kind of nobody has a crystal ball, but I kind of think yeah. it, it might be the new norm for some time. I think so too. I mean, as far as new norm is, I don't think we'll until something other crazy in the world happens we won't see the historic you know mid and high ones that we saw through through the pandemic i hope it comes down a bit though um but yeah just uh, talking about crystal ball just speaking with a investment friend of mine um, who just helps people with their their investments um he, he sees it going up again and i said why you know why why are they going to keep raising them and he says that in his opinion the problem is that uh 
overall people haven't reacted enough yet. You know, they raise the interest rates to slow down the economy. And instead of people pulling back and spending less, they're, they're wiping through their savings to continue living it the, the way they got used to. And until that catches up, you know, the government's going to feel the need to continue to, to intervene to slow things down. For sure. Yeah, I could totally see that. Can you give us some numbers? So like, let's say if on that $300,000 house, if you were an investor and you're going to buy it, uh, what kind of rental numbers would you kind of expect on a property like that? Yeah, I mean... Getting into that, I mean, honestly, what I see in my experience with some of my regular investors, that's probably a, a higher end house for what they're turning into to rentals. As far as at least looking, I'd say in overall, there's more uh, more rentals where it's uh, you know suited, not as much just single family homes that get rented. Obviously, it happens, but you go back to the numbers we just shared, you know, most people who are looking for that single hand hoard, they're, they're hopefully able to just afford it on their own and, and buy it when you can buy that home on your own for, you know, three to 400,000, as opposed to, you know, 600,000, what you're dealing with in Calgary. So you don't see as much of that. And, you know, it's, it is a tougher rental. I think um, there's a bigger, bigger risk, you know, you, you put, you can turn a nice home like that. And then if you turn it over and it gets a beat, beat up, then, then there's a lot more you got to put back into it to recover it to where in a smaller, where it's suited, just one level basement, whatever it might be. Um, obviously you're still going to deal with repair costs and stuff like that, but it's a little less risk. Um, so yeah, sure. the, the majority of our rental market we see is in the, the duplexes and then the, uh, the suited units, the, Okay. up and down suites i'm going to circle back i got a note here i'll circle back on that yep. one um yep. so if we get it for the city itself net migration how much how much has it been growing what's your population right now yeah that's actually interesting there was just an article that came out um, earlier this uh month everyone was kind of prideful about it uh where medicine hat area population just went over eighty thousand for the first time now that's the area so that's going to include uh the small surrounding communities and and then the, the rural or Cypress County, but obviously the bulk of that being in the town. Um, so I went back to that. Um, so yeah, we're up over 80,000 for the area. And uh, that included a net migration of 588 uh, people from, from out of province and another 552 interprovincial migration. So, you know, a little over about 1100 there, net migration in the last, last period here. So if they're coming. Um, I've I've had some uh, experience with that myself. I feel like over the last two years and this last year especially, um, a lot of a lot of people implanting from from BC, a little bit from Ontario. Um, you know, people who were seeing seeing the writing on the wall um, and were able to uh, to do well on their properties in those those areas um, when the markets were high and they uh, they were able to cash out and a lot of people coming here with with cash to to buy some things and. With the way the world's gone now, they're able to work remotely, whether they're keeping their same jobs or or whatever it might be, and they they see all those the benefits of of our town and our city and the things we talked about before. Why it's a great place to live and affordable. Yeah, for sure. You know, if you're from Ontario or BC, it's likely you're selling, paying cash in Medicine Hat, and yeah. money in the bank kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we see it in Calgary as well. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. pretty common. For sure. Any, any like uh, new capital projects that the city has planned that you've heard of or anything changes changing that way? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of talk and it's always like, wait, wait and see. Right. But uh, um, like all communities, there's been a lot of uh, 
of money grant money kind of trying to come in through through the through the pandemic and stuff like that and the, a big push the city and they have a master plan but it's still being revised and approved and going is is a revitalization of uh, the downtown area and uh, the riverfront actually so um, obviously uh, medicine Hat is very defined by the south saskatchewan river it kind of cuts right through through town and if you live in town you either live on the north or the south but uh, downtown is right along the river um, and city hall and the police station and the the judicial building and everything like that um and so there's a, a big master plan to to make that uh kind of tie the two in um because downtown and that river area are kind of separated now and they want to tie it in with you know common areas and parks and increasing the the restaurants and all the uh nice yeah like gentrification that, that sort of, just make yeah, absolutely nicer yeah so they have big big hopes and dreams for that and it, you know it all looks good on paper whether they can push it forward will be Will be interesting and uh yeah it, it'll be great for the city if they can do it in a, an economically feasible way and for sure it, the so with the river this kind of leads perfectly into my next question i'm wondering about the quadrants so so it's yeah. the river cutting through can you kind of just explain maybe how it's how it's laid out in a bit more detail the quadrants and what areas you're seeing maybe uh investors kind of target more than than, than other areas for sure yeah obviously we have our our major major neighborhoods in the city there's really really not a bad place to be uh, obviously every every city every town has its higher and lower in places but i always laugh it's all relative i grew up in the san francisco bay area um and that's in the town called alameda right you had to you had to go through oakland california to get to it and i don't know how much you know about that area but when i when i live places when my wife and i were first looking to buy our first home we were in a, a city in colorado called grand junction and we were renting at first and then, you know, we had coworkers and friends and stuff say that when we started search for a home, say, oh, wait, you got to just avoid this area. That's the bad part of town. And after living there for several years, I would just laugh thinking back <laughs> to them saying that. So I'm like, oh, it's it's all relative. This, this is not a bad part of town. And it's the same here, right? Yeah, sure. There's going to be some lower income neighborhoods, um, but overall, we, we live in a very safe and and wonderful community but that being said yeah there's definitely areas thinking specifically investors that are better and it's mainly not necessarily because the the neighborhood's any better it's because of the type of homes that were built there so yeah the, the river cuts through cuts through town and kind of divides it north and south um but there's there's older and newer areas in both overall the newer areas in town are in the south the city has continued to grow to the south so the newest you know 90s plus areas are are more in the south there's a little bit in the north as well but otherwise, uh, a big part of town is what's called the hill because it's actually on a hill, <laughs> not not a, not a great big hill. But and so you have a southwest and southeast hill, and that's a big big investment area. And it's just because of the the era. Most of those homes were built in the forties, fifties, and sixties, and so you got a lot of bungalows and bi levels that are very ripe to be turned into up and down suites. You know, they usually have that second side entrance that makes it easy to create that uh, second entrance and, and things like that. And they're the right size and, and the lots are still a good size. So you can either, they already have a detached garage that you can you know use to increase your rents or they have the enough parking for, for those multifamily setups. Yeah. And then you're going to have a similar up in the North side, uh, Crescent Heights, kind of the same, same era, a little newer. You get into the seventies a little bit there too, but still those type of homes and where the lots are big enough where, you know, down in the newer areas, the, the lots got smaller and there's just not as much space for, for doing that and having, having the parking and 
Do, do you see uh, prices being higher then if you're if you're closer to the kind of the area that's growing in, in the south? So would the south kind of have you know is your benchmark going to be higher than, than say the yeah north? for sure? And it's 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 not again it's more just because the houses are all newer right? There's still still new builds going up there and um, you know they're more modern homes two thousand and later for the most part. But you have your trade-offs, you know, and so we still have people, especially when you have uh, lifers, you know, people who were born and raised here and either they're just buying for the first time or they're moving back, you know, and lots of them grew up in those areas and, and they want to go back there and they want the big yards and not feeling, you know, a little cookie cutterish in, in some of the areas and, and things like that. But they're all great. You know, I, I live in the South myself. Um, most of the uh, retail is in the South. So that's where, you know, our, our Home Depot and our Walmart and Canadian Tire and a lot of the newer restaurants are going in. Um, that being said, our, our Costco in that area is, is up on the north. So it's 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 a give and take like anywhere. But yeah, really in Medicine Hat, you can live anywhere and be anywhere in 15 minutes. So it's is that what it is basically about, about it 15 is, minutes across the city? Yeah. I mean, unless you unless you hit traffic, which we don't have much of you uh you're 15 <laughs> minutes anywhere. So yeah, lots of times when we have people who haven't lived here before moving in, they're they're open to anywhere, no matter where they might be working or or what's like that, but you get some people who were born and raised here and, you know, they have their areas they like and they want to, they're either a norther or a souther and that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's good information. And then how, how cyclical is the economy? Because you are tied to oil and gas, but you also have agriculture. Have you seen some cycles that way? Yeah, again, but I, I feel like it's not as extreme um, for the, the, the reasons we discussed earlier. You know, even in, you know, I've been here seven years now. And so I kind of got here after, you know, the bigger exodus of oil and gas, you know, where it used to be huge, 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 like everywhere. There's still, there's a few good companies now that uh, are very strong. And I've had lots of good clients who work for them. You see their trucks all around. And so that's, that's some stability there. Um, you know, it's probably a good thing that it got um, pared down a bit, in my opinion, because then you have less big hiring booms and then big layoffs and stuff like that. They seem to be able to know for a little, a little better, you know, what their volumes are going to be and, and keep their workforce um, appropriate. And then also, as I addressed earlier, is, is the retirement community. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of retirement condos and uh, buildings and that keeps us going as well as people are kind of just already settled and they're here, they're here for the long run. And so that, that keep, brings a lot more stability to things. Yeah, for sure. And so with you working with investors, what would you say is an attractive property for a real estate investor? What do you see them? Can you can kind of describe, you know, when, when you when you see one, it's like, man, this this is a good property because it's going to cash flow. And, and what, what kind of changes are they making to those properties? For sure. Yeah. I mean, like we we're just speaking about, it's going to be a lot of those houses on the hill, northwest Crescent Heights, those those bungalows that uh, already have those side or back entrances, you know, that's that's a big expense if you're having to to do that construction. Um, where it's maybe easier where you're just having to close off a doorway or something, and then you you have that already set up and then they're just good solid homes, right? They they were built well. Um, um so you're you know, obviously you still do your due diligence and look into them, but you're you're usually pretty solid on on the bones and then you're just modernizing it and, and taking the steps required for for legalizing suites when when it hasn't already been done. But uh yeah, though that's that's usually where my investors are calling me. Those are the houses that come up in the affordable price range. And again, they have the yard space um to either accommodate parking or you know to be attractive to to a young family if you're gonna be looking to rent to that for the top level, maybe. Yeah, for sure. So what what kind of like those that's all great information. Uh, but how does the city view? So let's say 
you, you buy a property there and it has an illegal suite, uh, how is the city going to view legalizing? What kind of steps are going to be required? Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely something they're, they're very on top of. It was about oh, four years ago now um, where they introduced a program about secondary suites. There's actually a secondary street registry. Um, and now it's, it's, it's multi-purpose. Um, you know, they, they say it's, it's a tool. So you can go on the city of medicine Hat website and find this registry is, so if you're a renter looking for a place and you find a, a unit that's listed on this registry, well, then you're assured that they're up to standards, right? Um, because to become on that registry, you have to, you have to meet all the requirements. And then it's all about the sticker. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's a term that will be used among the realtors. And we're talking to the vendors with you make it onto the registry. You get this sticker, this, you know, very permanent foil sticker that has your registry number and it gets posted right on the entrance to the secondary suite. Um, and so then, you know, if that's there, then, then all the requirements are met. So along with that program, when they introduced it, you know, obviously they introduced the requirements. So there's a, there's a lot of them, but the big things are going to be, you know, egress out of the bedrooms and the living areas that meet all the all the codes there. Um, separate entrances, um, separate furnace and ventilation systems, um, a smoke barrier in between the levels. So there's multiple ways you can meet that standard, but the most common way is just a, a layer of half inch drywall that's that's taped um, in between the top and bottom. So there is there are some steps you have to take, but they're very clearly laid out. Um, and as long as you're aware of it and take it into consideration when you're, you're, you know, looking at your numbers and on the house you're looking at and what it's going to cost to do, it's, it's all very doable, but going back to, again, that's why I like those, those, uh, bungalows from that area, Eric has usually already have that access and there's usually space to, to put in that second furnace and, and, and get all that stuff done. And so I, I'll go over to Calgary's slight differences there, but the city of Medicine Hat is going to make you put in a new furnace, a separate furnace for every suite that you want to legalize. Yeah, now now they are. So when they first introduced the program, obviously there's was hundreds, thousands, who knows of of whether legal or you know illegal, legal non-conforming basement suites going on. And so when they introduced the program, they had a, a grace period. I think it was about eighteen months to two years, where um, you know existing non-conforming suites. They were able to grandfather in some of those things. And there were some things that weren't there some to get onto the registry, right? So some things weren't negotiable, like, like egress windows and stuff like that. But during that grace period, ones that had just one furnace, they were able to to get on. But now going forward for the last couple of years, it's not. There's no no grandfathering in. Now, of course, there's still still basement suites out there being rented, but they're they're not on the registry. Yeah. And then what kind of cost then? Because I know in Calgary that we, you know, investors really try to avoid having to put a second furnace in if you can, because you got uh, generally what happens is a contractor shows up, they look at the furnace, they say, this is too big for, because it it was specced for the whole house. Now you're going to use it for for the house. So they're going to say, oh, oh, you actually need two smaller furnaces because you have a smaller space. This is going to heat. And then you got heat ducts that need to be changed and separated, and like it's that's an extent big. Yeah, no doubt. Like it, it, it's a big job. It's 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 a contractor job for sure. Or if you're you're very handy, but uh, yeah, and that's just a a decision that the investors have to make. Now um, you have to factor in, that into you, to your purchase, basically. You do, you do, you do, yeah. and and in most cases, um, yeah, it, it's work, but you know, it's it's nothing that's not doable. And in most cases, if an investor willing to take over a place that uh, and and make it nice, which you know that's that's what I always encourage. You know, you, you if you do it right, you're you're going to get the right people in there, and you're you're going to have a better better outcome in the long term. 
Um, and so you're usually going to be tearing things out anyway, right? Like a lot of homes in this area that we're talking about, they're going to have flooring and, and ceiling tiles that need to come out anyway, just for, for aesthetics and stuff like that. So once you pull that down, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to spend some money and spend some time, but if you were going to, if you were going to modernize the place anyway, then doing it at that time, isn't, isn't it's as big of an undertaking. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah to do it's it, to like do it later, that, that would be a mistake. Yeah. It's like, if you're, you know, if it has poly B, well, that's the time to rip out all the poly B sure. and get a, you know, new plumbing. For sure. Aluminum, aluminum wiring, if people are concerned with that, things like that. But That's right. They can change it at that time. And then, so obviously when you look at a house, you're looking at a house and you're like, man, this is going to be 20,000 bucks right there. Just, just to probably like to, what kind of numbers yeah. do you kind of in your head ballpark when you're looking at conversions properties? Well, of course, every house is going to be different because, you yeah. know, if you're having to take into account uh, entrances and stuff like that. And then, you know, it just depends, you know, like I have some investors who they're very adamant. They they want top and bottom. They want separate uh, laundry facilities for each one where that's not a requirement. It's, uh, you know, again, in the in the requirements for the registry and stuff, you're allowed to have a shared, but there's rules about that for access and stuff like that. So everyone's going to get different. And then, of course, it just depends on, OK, are you redoing the whole house too are you putting a new kitchen and are you doing flooring but yeah as far as just the stuff to get it up to legal yeah 20 000 is probably a starting place you know <laughs> if it's if it's never been but you know that's taking into account are you having to cut in some bigger windows for egress and, and things like that as well so yeah i can yeah. see the furnace drive that, that being the most one of the bigger ticket items to get that converted and changed and yeah but then, like you said, if the ceiling is going to be open up, well, then you can put a sound soundproof uh, barrier insulation in that kind of stuff, and um, yeah, make it makes it really it, nice. You know, yeah. your your end product is a is a really nice, really nice setup with two very very well put. You know, it makes it so that uh, the basement suite is as nice as the top, right? Um, it doesn't feel like a basement anymore because you've got big open windows letting in lots of light, and it's you know it's finished nicely, and you have your own control. And like I said, most most cases you end up with your own laundry and that correlates yeah, to higher rents, you know? like exactly yeah. yeah it's it's very appealing to a renter like most people don't want to have to share laundry if, if they can help it right absolutely yeah yeah so it, let's say you, you know you're you find a property good value and it has no it has a separate entrance but no existing kitchen no existing suite at all is the city going to view that the same so let's say i'm an investor i buy it and I'll, i'm going to do the conversion is it like do they look at because in calgary they always look at was it pre-existing and then they kind of there's a there's a if it's pre-existing before 2018 the city views it differently than if it was if you put it in after 2018 so is there anything like that so if i'm a investor i'm going to buy just a detached bungalow with a separate entrance and then just follow the the rules and the city's gonna they will legalize it is that how that works or, or so yeah so going back so if you have an existing legal basement suite that hasn't changed but if you want to get on the registry then there's no more consideration for pre 19 whatever if that makes sense so if prior to them creating this registry program someone had or there was an existing legal basement suite obviously they can't take that away from you yeah. but if you want to get on the registry then you have to meet all the current standards of the registry and there's no give me's anymore for being grandfathered in for anything Okay, so you're saying that you'd have to buy, as an investor, if you want to have a basement suite, you have to buy something with an illegal suite already existing? No, no, no. Yeah, so, but yeah, you can start with something that's never been suited and bring it up to the standards. Or as long if you as have, you have one that's 
parking, yeah, all that, that kind oh, of absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. As long as you can meet everything, it doesn't matter if it's ever been suited. You can take any any property as long as it's in the right zoning area, which is most areas for just secondary suites. There's there's I think all of them allow for that actually. I guess the same could be said about Calgary. They are Calgary City is very uh, you know they want they want dense densification, but it's just as the play that a lot of investors make in Calgary is the it's better to pick up a property that's pre two thousand eighteen because mm-hmm. the city's not going to force you to put in a second furnace and yeah. uh, they do egress windows all that stuff stays the same and and fire barrier right but it yeah. it it avoids that item right there that where you have to put in a separate furnace and heating and that kind of stuff yeah. so a lot of a lot of investors cuz cuz they they know their savings there and they and the city will recognize it but it has to have existed prior to 2018 so that's Absolutely. Kind of, that's where they you kind of you know are looking for in Calgary as a as a as a property to to buy typically, right? But you could take a, a, a detached property and legalize it, but then you just gotta, uh, you know, you're gonna you need to go through all the hoops. Yeah. That, that's right, yeah. Yeah, same here. Same as there, okay, that's good information. Especially uh, for listeners that, are, that, that aren't familiar with because each city views secondary suites differently and how to oh, yeah. convert them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then if you're in, have you seen any situations where an investor buys one with an illegal suite and it's not on the registry, and the city is the city going to actively target, or maybe the neighbors aren't happy, that kind of thing. And, and you know, is there some sort of pressure to get this thing legalized? Yeah, you know, and that was the big questions that came up when they first introduced these uh, programs. Um, the answer, more or less, has been no. It's like with anything, you know, there's a lot of things that are done to houses without permits, you know, for whatever reason. But uh, kind of a a saying is, it's not a problem till it's a problem, right? So. Obviously, I have numbers because there's no list of this stuff, but there's plenty of basement suites being rented in this city and in every city that aren't on the registry, right? And lots of them are probably legal, but there's probably ones that aren't. But uh, until someone complains, you know, there's not a task force out going trying to to hunt these things down or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, so can we break down some numbers? So let's say what what kind of a good value property? I know these numbers, it's all dependent on the market. An investor picks up a, a detached property with a detached double car garage. So you got a detached yes. and, and a, it's a, say, 11, 1200, well, maybe 1100 square foot bungalow with an illegal basement suite. What kind of numbers do you kind of think is a, kind of a normal price or a good price point? Yeah, no, that's that's a very common, especially that 1100 range, you know, um, that was that's where the bulk of the houses were built again in those areas we spoke of earlier. So, yeah, usually... The biggest factor there can be is how much uh, renovations have been done over the years already. If it's pretty original, um, you're going to be looking to get that in the low twos, right? Because then you're going to have to put put a good chunk back of money to get it up to today's standards um, and just to modernize it, you know, new kitchen, flooring and trim and all that kind of stuff like that. If it's already had some stuff done, maybe the top's, you know, already been modernized and, and uh, you don't really have to touch that and you're just doing the basement. Well, that's going to be more of a mid twos house. No, you know, compared to Calgary, that's great value. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and what kind of rental numbers would you see? And and then, I guess, uh, how hard is it to rent a property right now? For what I'm being told by some, you know, clients and just friends who hold them, uh, our rental market's very strong right now, even as these interest rates have gone up. And well, I should say probably because the interest rates are going up, you know, as uh, as that's slowing down some of the purchasing, especially on those first time buyers, you know, if they're having to wait a couple more years to either save up more or until interest rates go back down and, and then they're still having to rent, right? And so uh, we, we've we seen 
prices maintain or actually go up even as uh, as things have slowed down on on the sales side. Yeah. But as far as yeah, so one one thing to I don't know if we we spoke about this yet, but uh, with the secondary suites, um, they're limited to two bedrooms. So the the secondary suite can only have two bedrooms. The upper level can have three or more. But um, to be that's, to be that's, legal, yeah, it's not too. I mean, most eleven hundred square foot bungalows aren't yeah. going to fit a third bedroom. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's usually not a big deal. But I've I've had to address that a few times with some some newer investors. They're like, oh, I can fit a third bedroom here. Like, well, maybe, but it won't be a bedroom. Um, <laughs> it's which is be fine, a big closet. Yeah, exactly, or an office, or whatever you know. But like you said, usually it's not a, a factor because the size of home is, uh, especially by the time you're having to take up a little more room for a little bigger uh, mechanical area to get both of those. Because in most cases, I I don't think I've ever seen it where they've put that second furnace in upstairs, right? They usually just put it in down in the same area. So yeah, that's usually not a problem, but something to just uh, keep in mind when we're you're talking rental numbers. So obviously you're not going to be renting the the lower level usually for as much as as the upper. But uh, you know you know the most common you end up with a, a three bedroom upper and a, and a two bedroom lower, and then whether you're renting the garage with the upper or the lower, obviously that's going to come into play too. But uh, you know on a house like we've been talking about that maybe you started in the low twos and then put fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars into it to to modernize it and and to get it up to spec, then, uh, you know, you could be renting the top for, again, whether it adds a garage or not, 13 to 15, um, and then rent in the basement probably for that 1100 range. Oh, that's, those, those are decent numbers. And then what the detached garage, if, it, if no, if you don't rent it to the tenants, how much do you think uh, typically people are rent their garage for there? Yeah, you see them offered up, you know, whether just on Kijiji or word of mouth and stuff. Um, again, depends on size, depends on the area, but I've seen in that three, 350 range. Yeah. Calgary is three to four typically. For yeah. A, a double. yeah. Yeah. It seems to be usually, usually though, they'll just rent them with either the top or bottom and you know, you're able you probably don't even get to increase the rent by that full amount, but at these number, at those makes numbers, it makes them a lot more attractive. You know, they should cash flow uh, even at these higher. Interest oh, absolutely. Rates. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Those are good numbers. Do you see many people doing like how, or do you know anything about short-term rentals in medicine hat or many people picking those up and throwing them on Airbnb? You know, you start to hear about it. I haven't seen a ton of it yet. They, they're, there's definitely a big uh, conglomerate in, in our town here who kind of owns a ton of the properties that are used more as short-term rentals. So um, they're more of a, a bigger entity and whether it's people that want to compete with that or they just, you know, would rather deal with long-term tenants, which I know personally that's my preference. Yeah, don't haven't seen a lot of that going on yet. Okay. I know and it's any- out there, but it's still growing. Yeah, yeah. Any any properties that you would kind of advise to stay away from that you see is kind of a bad, you know? I know I know it's pro- it can be property specific. You walk through and you're like, oh boy, this thing yeah, for sure, for sure. Anything where where it's typically for an investor, it's just like a, not a great property. I think the things that have to be kept in mind. Um, we do have some much older areas of town as well, where you kind of got those uh, turn of the century homes, you know, early 1900s, and there's some big, beautiful homes and. And they can be attractive because sometimes they come on at some pretty attractive prices for the square footage. But the potential costs for modernizing and bringing up to spec are, are much higher because you could be dealing with, you know, docking tube wiring and older piping and, and things like that. So obviously they have their place. And I actually have one local investor who he isn't scared of those at all. And he's done very well with them. But it, it takes the right person with the right knowledge who is going to deal with that. So for someone who's new and is just going to be wanting to hire someone and then those are probably ones to avoid. And beyond that, um, the same kind of thing I 
I do with my investors just looking for their own personal properties um, for their homes is what's beautiful about Medicine Hat is, is you can be picky. <laughs> you, you really can. You know, I'll be showing people houses and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a nice looking house, but it's on a busy street. And, you know, they might be moving from Calgary and they're like, this isn't a busy street. I'm like, you're right. In Calgary, this isn't a busy street, <laughs> but in Medicine Hat, it is. And even if it doesn't bother you, at some point, you're going to want to sell this house and people are going to say this is a busy road because we have we have the space we have the the land and you can go around the corner and, and not be on a busy road so those things obviously not as big of a factor with the rental but uh, still again it all comes down to the the nicer the place is the the better tenants you're going to get and in the long term you're going to be happier yeah for sure and then if you ever did want to offload it um, you're not you know it's an easier sell it, for easier sure sell. Absolutely. Everything gets sold eventually. And, you know, I always tell people, if you, you buy a good home, then you sell a good home. Yeah, that's great advice. And then do you see much for student rentals? Uh, because there is a college there in Medicine Hat, right? Yeah, yeah we have we have Medicine Hat College. Um, the student rental thing isn't a, a big factor, at least it hasn't been in my my experience. The college isn't huge. You know, 2,500 is about the uh, full-time enrollment. Um, they have a decent amount of on-campus housing. Um, and then combined with, um, I tried to find the numbers, but uh, a lot of that, you know, lives locally. You know, we have a lot of uh, locals attending the college, so they're either just still living at home or or whatever they may be. Of course, there's some some going on, um, but it's not a big, big thing where people are really seeking those out. And again, if in my personal preference, that's not what I'd be seeking out either, just because you have so much turnover with that, right? Um, there might be potential for some some good rents when if you're stuffing six kids in a unit, but uh, you're also having to deal with the constant <laughs> turnover and, and finding and, and keeping it full. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, I, w- I would not want to bother with six kids. In yeah, house. no, you may cash flow well for a while, but yeah, until you got to go in and fix it up. Yeah. Um, how about multifamily? Do you, are you seeing much for multifamily and, and is there many options in, in uh, medicine hat for, for that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the most common would be just the full duplexes. People are very attracted by those. Usually when those come on the market, um, they don't last long because there's very good opportunity for cash flow there because the prices stay relatively affordable. So your per door is is a better ratio. And then you know, we, we got some triplexes and fourplexes as well. Uh, can you give me a, like a throw in a number what you would, you know, so I know it's condition and age and that kind of stuff, but it's kind of a ballpark average. So for a full duplex, that's in reasonably good condition, just needs maybe moderate upgrades, that kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. I mean, lots of our duplexes seem to be the the 70s area and early 80s. Um, so that gives you an idea of what you might be starting with. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's pretty original, I mean, you can get those for, for the low threes, you know, or even just below if the basements haven't been finished. Um, and stuff like that. And then if it's, uh, you know, fully finished and has already been used, you know, as a rental and things like that, um, you know, you're up into the the low fours. And then are you seeing investors? So, you know, because that's another play that happens in Calgary, pick up a full duplex, but it was kind of set up with the set side entrances that could be converted to a fourplex. Now, do you yeah. see that happening? Seeing people are interested in it. You definitely have to jump through the more hoops to get that approved, right? Because you're, you're now changing changing what it's it's being listed as and all that stuff with the city but it, it does happen i haven't seen it a ton i think it's more because the majority of our duplexes just aren't that large so you start to sweeten those up and down and they're they're pretty small I see. Um, and so yeah. i think once they run the numbers they're like to go through all the hassle i can cash flow just as much without going through it by just renting two sides that are that are full yeah that makes sense okay man well thanks thanks so much for joining us i got some 
quick rapid uh, response questions. So we're getting close okay. to the end here. Uh, yeah. So what, what's an app or software you use either for your business or, or for yourself that you couldn't live without? Well, on business side, it's authenticide for sure. I mean, it's just <laughs> makes life amazing. You know, I, I love meeting with my clients in person, but even when I do that, you know, most often I'll, I'll come in, they'll come in and we'll sit down and go through things. And then we just send it off digitally anyway, because, you know, we're trying to trying to go into a paperless world and it just it's 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 smooth and people are comfortable with it for the most part now. Yeah, for sure. What's something people can't find out about you about from Google? Probably nothing this day and age, right? It's a little <laughs> scary. Um, well, it might have been I'm, that. I'm, you you yeah. may have already shared it at the beginning there with your, uh, you know, the yeah, sports, my background. I, yeah. I think I think maybe that is on my bio on our website. But, oh, okay, uh, so <laughs> not just, but I'm I'm an average. I'm a I'm a diehard sports fan. Pretty much everything you name it. I'm I'm still still building up my uh, my hockey knowledge. But even that, I'm I, I I love pretty much all sport, playing, watching, participating, and. Uh, now my but my kids are getting old enough to where I'm I'm way too into middle school basketball. So okay, yeah, NCAA that makes sense. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I'm a diehard college football and basketball fan, and uh, but I, I like I, I like it all. So that's nice. that's my passion. Yeah, and then you got a favorite book? I will admit I'm not a big reader, but I've always said whenever I've been asked that question, my my favorite book I've ever read was The Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, what's the best way? So listeners want to reach out to you, get a hold of you. What's the best way for them to do that? Really just my phone number is the easiest, uh, 403-504-9747. Uh, we also have a website though. It's uh, schlankergroup.ca. I don't know if you'll be able to post that on there. Or, um, yeah, but, we'll, have uh, links. yeah, we'll have links in the show. For sure. How about so, yeah, you, yeah. you on Instagram? Uh, yeah, sorry. we're on Instagram as well. Um, with Schlink, also Schlenker Group. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining me today. You've shared lots of great information for investors that might be thinking about, you know, making a purchase of Medicine Hat. For sure. I appreciate the opportunity, Corey. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Calgary Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peckford. I'm an investment-focused real estate agent in Calgary, Alberta. I'm also an entrepreneur, Red Seal electrician, and I hold a Master Home Inspection Certification. If you're thinking about investing in the Calgary area, please reach out and let me put my real estate expertise to work for you. I can be reached at 587-893-2272. Follow me on Instagram at Peckford Corey, or my website is coreypeckford.com. Plus, we have a Facebook group. It's Calgary Real Estate Investing Group, so Craig for short. Please follow that. If you're getting great value from this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.